0: Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Stiles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. You can call into this show, 405-362-7128. Leave a voicemail over there about anything you want to talk about regarding the Oklahoma City Thunder open that voice line up on Saturday. I already have a few voicemails lined up, but I am going to let you guys know, those of you who have already called in, you're going to get played on this show after the postseason, because both of your voicemails were about off-season stuff, and we don't want to kind of mix that in here and get it lost in translation while we're talking about the postseason, but I do appreciate the kind words, and we'll talk about that once this series, or if the Thunder win and go into the second round, uh, once the playoffs is over, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll re rebe- uh, we'll recircle back to your voicemail and talk all about that. Uh, but I do want to start, and once again, your number to call, 405-362-7128. And this episode is brought to you by com. Go to com, use promo code LOCKEDON, get $10 off that first order. I do want to start with the Rockets in their antics after the game. I record the post-game shows immediately after uh, the game ends. I take notes throughout the game and immediately go into the post-game show. That way you get uh, the true experience of what it was like for me to watch that game. However, sometimes you miss a big story when you do it that way. And in this case, we missed a huge story. And that is that the Rockets are a bunch of crybabies who I don't want to hear from anymore. I don't want to hear from the Rockets ever again. The Rockets get a blowout win in game five and a game five victory that 82% of the time means you're going to go on to win the series. They should have been, they should have been hopping up and down, bouncing off the walls and over the moon excited. But instead what they did was in the post game press conferences. They all said that Dennis Schroeder intentionally hit PJ Tucker and that he needs to be investigated and that he needs to be investigated because he has a prior incident in 2013 They're bringing up a 2013 incident to right now. And as we mentioned on that last recap show, I don't see how you can look at that play unbiasedly and call that an intentional blow to the groin of P.J. Tucker. I don't see how you can consider that intentional with a straight face. And to want the league to investigate that and suspend Dennis Schroeder for a a Game 6 shows how disrespectful the Rockets are, and how big of a, of a bunch of crybabies they are, and how that culture, that culture is not a good culture. That's not a winning team. A winning team doesn't work the refs from start to finish, and then in the post-game press conference, they, they do it even more, even after a blowout win. A winning team doesn't have their general manager write a book report about all the blown calls his team had against the Warriors. Go, go cry me a river, Houston. I'm sick and tired of Houston complaining to the officials. Everyone needs to complain to the officials. Luka Doncic complains to the officials. Chris Paul complains to the officials. They don't take that to the postgame. Now, yesterday, for the first time uh, really in his career, Billy Donovan did, he took it there, uh, and you had to read between the lines a little bit with what he said, but he basically said that that was BS, that Dennis got tossed. But how could you not? That was an egregious act. But to act as though that this quote-unquote intentional punch to the groin of P.J. Tucker is, is worthy of a suspension in the postseason is laughable. Draymond Green, who kicked Steven Adams in the Go-Nads three times in that series, did not get suspended once. Draymond Green did not serve a suspension for his blows to Steven Adams. Furthermore, in this same series, James Harden kicked his leg up unnecessarily, so it was clearly intentional. He didn't need to throw his leg up as he's making a pass. He threw his leg up and, and caught Dennis Schroeder in the groin area. So should James Harden be suspended for what he did back then? It's awful funny. The Rockets had nothing to say about that. It's awful funny. The Rockets surely would be Pissed off if PJ Tucker got suspended for the headbutt. That was clearly and undoubtedly intentional. But they want an investigation into the league for something that I don't see how you can look at unbiasedly and call it outright intentional. Worthy of a suspension in the postseason. It's laughable the culture that Houston has. Over and over and over again, Houston complains to officials on the court, off the court. Again, name me another general manager. You can be saying right now, if you're a Houston fan listening to this, and I know that there are Houston fans listening to this for the postseason, name me another general manager who has a book report done up about how the refs lost him a series. That's loser mentality. And to me, uh, I don't see how that doesn't wake up a thunder. I, I, you get a blowout win over us, and now you have the audacity to complain after the game and want one of our best players suspended. Again, Draymond Green, for his undoubtedly intentional act of kicking Stephen Adams in the groin, was not suspended for that act. He was not suspended for that act in the postseason. But you want the league to investigate Dennis Schroeder? You wanted the league to investigate Chris Paul? Give me a break. James Harden did the same thing in this series. So if James Harden's was not intentional, then there's no way you can consider Dennis Schroeder's intentional at all. The only thing that was undoubtedly, without a shadow of a doubt, unequivocally intentional was P.J. Tucker headbutting Dennis Schroeder. That was the only thing that was absolutely intentional and the league agrees with me Dennis Schroeder is not suspended PJ Tucker is also not suspended didn't want him suspended didn't want either one of these guys suspended neither one of them get suspended and they both get fined $25,000 for each act i don't see how you can suspend uh, how you can suspend Dennis Schroeder. i also wouldn't fine Dennis Schröder but i think that there's an automatic fine if you ever get a flagrant 2 for whatever reason so that could be the the trigger there uh, for both these guys uh, but laughable to me, it's laughable what this Houston organization does over and over and over again. I get it; everyone complains. Every single person complains in the NBA to the officials. Most every podcaster complains about the officials. But to take it to the next level of outright saying you want investigations handed down, of outright saying you know, outright having the the report on the Warriors a couple of years ago from Daryl Morey—that is a culture problem. That is a culture problem in your organization. It's something that I don't see how it's not exhausting for Rockets fans. Every time you turn around, there's this new, uh, there's this new report of how the Rockets are getting screwed by the refs. Enough. Enough. You cannot look at that Dennis play and call it intentional but we move into game six with a series at 3-2 in the Rockets' favor. Oklahoma City needs to win two straight games to keep this series alive. And my biggest thing to watch for in this game is the fight that this Thunder team will or won't have. In my opinion, this game is either going to go the Thunder's way or it's going to be a blowout. I don't think Oklahoma City loses a close game. Now, I could be wrong. This is just a prediction. I want to see if the Thunder have fight left in them because this game can go one of two ways for me. They either come out there realizing their backs are against the wall. They're down 3-2. Realizing it's improbable that you win two straight games again as the team going from behind. Realizing all of that. Realizing that the math is not in their favor. Realizing that the history of the NBA is not in their favor and realizing they want to go home after an exhausting week, an exhausting month in the bubble, wanting to go home and escape the bubble. You could see the Thunder roll over on Monday, you know, later on tonight. Or you could see this team come out firing, not wanting to go home yet, not wanting to give up, not wanting to, to leave the bubble and wanting to make a comeback because they feel like a uh, that whenever they play their best basketball, they're better than the Rockets. When the Thunder have played their best basketball, they looked exactly as Thunder fans predicted. They looked exactly like Thunder fans wanted them to look like, and they look like why the Thunder were picked to win this series by most of us. I mean, I picked the Thunder in seven games. I, I think that when they haven't played their best basketball. I don't know who could predict you know, it's funny, you know, hearing people bring that back up. I don't know who can predict that the Thunder would look like they would never had seen a switch before, and been terrible, you know, terrible offensively for three games. One game, you get five points combined from Shea and Gallo. Yeah, if I knew that was going to happen, I would never predict the Thunder to win to win the series. I didn't know that was going to happen. So predictions are always funny to me, uh, but this is a prediction. I, I think that the Thunder are going to show some fight in this game. Because it can go one of two ways. They're either going to show no fight at all, or they're going to win this game. I think if, if it's the latter, if, if, it, if they show fight, if they show that they want to be there, if they're aggressive, if they do the things that they need to do to win, I think that they're going to win this game. I think that the only way the Thunder lose this game is if they simply roll over, which could happen due to, to the nature of just wanting to leave the bubble. But after the break, we're going to talk about how the Thunder could win this game six and why winning the six would be huge, not only to extend the season, but because it might just solidify moving on to the second round for the first time since Kevin Durant left.
2: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: So we're back on the Locked On Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team's every day. You can call into the show, leave a voicemail, 405 362 7128, your number to call. 405 362 Follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Stiles. It's R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Let's get into this game six. We've established the two sides of the argument. They're either going to come out inspired, aggressive, not wanting to go home, not wanting to roll over, or we'll know at tip-off this game is over. We'll know at tip-off they have no energy, they have no life, it's over, the season's over. I think that by the end of the first quarter, you can kind of know what this team will be what this team will have left in them. Not only has the bubble been exhausting playing every other day, mentally, emotionally, what they've had to go through inside this bubble has been exhausting. So I would not blame them being down three to the math of the game. Three, three is better than two is not on your side. Uh, the history of the NBA is not on your side as the winner of game five in a two, two series goes on to win 82% of the time. Nothing seems to be on your side right now. I wouldn't blame them if they rolled over. However, a, with this team and who's all on this team, what they've shown you this season, I would bet that they would not roll over. I would bet the Thunder win this game. I just would. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm a homer. Maybe I'm being optimist. You know, optimistic because I'm clinging to the last meaningful you know season and the last meaningful postseason and meaningful game that this Thunder team will play for quite some time, you know, two or three years as they enter a tank mode after the season, maybe that's it. But with the fight this team has shown, with the with, with the attitude this team has, I don't see how they just outright roll over. And if they don't roll over, I think that Chris Paul and your guys will will you to a Game 7. But what has to happen to get to a Game 7? It's like I said after Game 2. Shea has to wake up. This game, uh, uh, you know, game five, paralleled with game one. You didn't have Shea going. And when your leading scorer in the postseason doesn't show up, you're not going to win games in the postseason. For some reason, people need this denotion, so I'll give it yet again. This series has no indication of what Chris Paul, excuse me, what Shea will be, what Shea will eventually turn into, uh, what Shea can do in the NBA. I think that Shea will be a top 15 player in this league. But this series, for most of it, he has looked shell-shocked. It was no different in Game 5. He's also had moments in this series where you look at him and see, okay, that's exactly why I predict he'll be a top 15 player. So what version of Shea are you going to get in Game 6? I'll tell you what, He looked he looked pissed on the sidelines as that game wound down. He had an attitude about him that I've never seen from Shea in his two years in the NBA. The Thunder needs Shea to come out in game six and they need Shea to be aggressive. They need Shea to not allow poor defensive performances, poor defensive possessions turn into bad offensive possessions. Because all you're doing at that point is compounding the problem. If you're going to be bad defensively, he has to stay in, in a groove. He has to stay locked in offensively. You need him to on that side of the floor. He's your leading scorer this season for a reason. Shea has to be aggressive. Shea has to help will you to this game. You're not going to win ball games when Shea and Gallo combine for five points. Shea has to wake up. He has to play better offensively. Get to the rim. Handle the switch. Be comfortable with your step-back three. Be confident in your shot. Be confident creating separation. Don't look for every single pass. Don't contort your body in a way while you're in the air that creates the pass to go out of bounds because you're looking to facilitate. Get your shot. Be selfish. Be aggressive. I want to see that from Shea in this game. And for Gallo, he just has to get going. Again, you're not going to – anytime that Gallo makes one point in the contest and it's from a technical free throw, you're not winning. So Gallo just needs to make shots. He knows what he needs to do. And for Chris Paul, this is another thing to watch for, I wonder if he can be aggressive you know, and change his play style a little bit. His play style for his whole career has been let the game come to him, be one of the best facilitators we've ever seen in the NBA, uh, be fantastic at getting guys involved. He did that in Game 5. His teammates let him down. Can Chris Paul still reach into his bag, and can Chris Paul still will a team to a win? Can Chris Paul do everything on his own? Can Chris Paul get you a bucket offensively when the offense goes stagnant instead of passing to the open man? Again, Chris Paul made the right basketball play every single possession almost in Game 5. His teammates let him down. Can he be selfish as well? Can he be selfish? Does he still have that in him? I think he does. So if you get Shea being aggressive, if if you get Chris Paul being aggressive, And if you can have any production from Gallo, I think that the Thunder win game six. And you push it to game seven, anything can happen. But part of that Thunder offense being stagnant is Lou Dort getting the Andrew Robertson treatment. So the big question is what happens with him offensively. And unlike Shea allowing bad defense to turn into bad offense, credit to Lou Dort for not allowing bad offense to turn into bad defense. Lou Dort still played a heck of a defensive game. But he can't lead your team in shot attempts. He can't go 0 for 8 before someone else gets 4 attempts on your offense. Even if he's taking wide open shots, wide open shots are not always good possessions if they're automatically going to be empty handed. I will say that I think that we might be overreacting to one game on Lou Dort's offense. Because unlike Andre... I don't think that he'll go 0 for 8 again. I don't think that if the Rockets leave him wide open, he can't pop off a couple of threes. I think he's a streaky shooter. I think he's not a consistent shooter. I think if, if I could draw up a perfect offensive possession, I'd rather have Gallo be wide open than Lou Dort, but so would the so would the Thunder, and the Rockets are trying to avoid that. The thing is, though, uh, I think that Lou Dort can still do more offensively than Andre could. He can drive. He can dribble. He's lights out at the free throw line, which most of the time translates to better three-point shooting. You look at all those facts here, and I think in the future, don't write off don't write off Lou Dort's offensive production. For this specific series, I wouldn't either. I think he's a streaky shooter. So you could get another terrible Lou Dort game, but I would point out that was the first game all series, and it happens in Game 5 where you view him as someone that's detrimental to your offense. So who's to say that in game six, he can't knock down a couple of those shots. And there's other places to put them. You know, you see people talk about putting him in the dunker spot, uh, you know, seeing people talk about ha- ha- having him cut. Uh, the problem with that, though, if you keep Adams on the floor, that again allows the Rockets to pack the paint and hurts Shea's ability to drive and get to the rim that he likes to do, hurts Chris Paul's ability to get that mid-range location the way he likes to do. So putting him in that dunker role isn't really an asset. Kendrick Perkins was someone who was adamant about that. That's not really an asset if all it's going to do is pack the paint and eliminate the mid-range, eliminate Shea going to the basket. In an ideal world, you would have Lou Dort go two for five from three and have the Rockets have to stay a little bit closer to him. But again, I want to point out, it took until Game 5 for any Thunder fan to complain about Lou Dort's offense. So, you look at that, and you say, why can't he turn that around for Game 6? I understand that looking at this game, coming fresh off of Game 5, it's hard to be optimistic about Lou Dort. Totally understand that. But I would encourage you to think back to what happened before. Game 5. The parallels between Game 5 and Game 1 are just immense. The problem is, they can't have a Game 2. They can't afford that. If you have a Game 2, you lose. They need Game 3 and 4 back-to-back yet again. And that's incredibly hard to win back-to-back postseason games. But What's not incredibly hard is going to BuiltBar.com and ordering yourself a box of Built Bars you will not regret. it. Built, Built Bars are a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. You're going to want to check these out. You're going to want to get your hands on these protein bars. It has all the protein you're going to need. They're great for pre-workout, post-workout, or even as a meal replacement. Built Bar is great for losing weight or maintaining weight. It's a delicious treat. It has low sugar, low calories, high protein, high fiber, great for the keto diet. They have six brand new flavors. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. With their 12 original flavors, as you know, my personal favorite was the banana nut bread. So I would encourage you to try that one, as well as their six new flavors. A new recipe as well, which makes it easy to chew. It's soft. It's covered in 100% real chocolate. You're going to want some Bilt Bars. And right now, if you go to BiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED ON, you'll get $10 off your order. That's LOCKED a ON promo code at BiltBar.com. And with every purchase, while supplies last, you'll get a free cooler. So why not? Why not go to billboard.com and get yourself a box of protein bars. These protein bars, unlike most, easy to chew, easy to get down, no bad aftertaste, no chalky aftertaste. They truly taste like a candy bar. Take my word for it. Go to billboard.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON.
2: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: So I would just say don't give up on Lou Dort's offense yet. We're back here on the Locked On Podcast. Thunder Podcast, a part of the On Podcast Network, your teams every day. Call into the show and leave a voicemail at 405-362-7128 or follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. If you don't have Twitter and you don't have a, a phone somewhere, you can also email the show, lothunderpod at gmail.com and get involved over there. So with Lou Dorp, I would not write him off as Andre Robertson yet. It's what I've been talking about for, for the last month. So I've been talking about since May. Unlike most of the perimeter defenders that Sam Presti has found before, Lou Dort, while he can't shoot the lights out just yet, has encouraging signs about his three-point shooting in the future and can pass the ball well, can dribble the ball well, can drive well, can cut well, can do a lot of things well. Andre can really only cut for you offensively. Decent screen setter as well, pretty good screen setter as well for a wing player, Andre is but he was never able to grow his offensive game. I think Lou a chance to grow his offensive game. I know that for this immediate future, we don't care about his potential, but again, we should still care about all these young guys' potential and growth, as that's what really matters in this season, even though we got a much better season than anticipated. I will say, though, again, even for this series, allow Lou Dort to have a rebound game in game six. He's still playing great defense, even with his offensive struggles. You never complained about his offense before this, So he obviously was not just atrocious. He was atrocious in Game 5, but before that, he was never atrocious. He can bounce back easily, I think, offensively. So we shift over to the Rockets' side of things. And I think that the Thunder are going to win Game 6. And this is the first time that predicted a Thunder win since Game 1, and we saw how that turned out. So, yes, I'm nervous as well as you are. As we count down to tip off at 8 p.m. on TNT tonight, with the Thunder, if they can win Game 6, the pressure is totally on Houston to win Game 7. And in a Game 7 situation, anything can happen. Because the Rockets go up 2-0 in this series. They blow that. They get the win in Game 5. They might blow that in Game 7. You know, There's questions about D'Antoni's future. There's questions about Maury's future. There's questions about the pairing of Russell Westbrook and James Harden for the uh, distant future. How, long, how much longer can Russell Westbrook maintain uh, his his explosiveness? But also you're locked into that pairing, so how can you build a team around them with those massive contracts? There's a lot of questions about Houston's future. That's why this season is so important, and that's why Jackson Gatlin of On Rockets on this podcast was harping about how important this season is because there's n- no clear indication of where to go from here. For the Thunder, no matter if you win or lose this series, the indication – is there of what's going to happen in the future. It's your 15 future first-round picks. It's Shea. It's Baisley. It's Dort. It's young assets. It's having the flexibility to draft the next Cade Cunningham, to draft the next star in the draft, or to make a huge splash of a trade that Sam Presti's known to do. It's flexibility. It's getting younger. It's starting a new core. It's starting a new era in Thunder basketball. For the Rockets, it's a lot more up in the air. So Game 7 means a ton for the Rockets. If the Rockets lose this playoff series, then the national narrative spins and goes sideways on Houston. If the Thunder lose this series, the national narrative is just, oh, pat on the back, good job. Uh, Who would have thought you would be here right now? Whereas if the Rockets win this series, no recognition at all. Let's see if you can do it against the Lakers. If the Thunder win this series, they get all of the praise in the world. As I've always said, this series... Is only beneficial to the Thunder. You push it to seven, you get a pound in the back. The Rockets go to seven, you have some question marks around you uh, heading into that Lakers series. The Thunder win, again, they get praised. The Rockets win, they don't get praised. It's just like, you know, Kansas in basketball taking on Wichita State. They're not going to get praised for beating them, but if they lose to them, they're a laughing stock. OU in football taking on Houston, not going to get praised for beating them, laughing stock if they lose to them. Same scenario here. So the pressure is on the Houston role players because we know what James Harden can provide. We have seen that Russell Westbrook, although he's back to the floor, at times looked less explosive than ideal, at times looked rusty. Who knows if he can snap out of that on Monday or if he can snap out of that in Game 7 if we get there. So the pressure still on Houston role players. And the pressure is fully on Houston game seven, if they can get there, but you've got to focus on winning tonight. If the thunder win tonight, I will feel very, very good about game seven. I I tweeted it as soon as the, as, as the game five ended, don't let the thunder win Monday, finish the thunder off tonight, because I have a hard time picking against Chris Paul. I have a hard time picking against Shea. I have a hard time picking against Gallo In a Game 7 against James Harden, who has had disastrous Game 7s, and Russell Westbrook, who has had a disastrous postseason as an emotional player against Ricky Rubio and against uh, uh, Damian Lillard, I have a a hard time believing that he can keep his emotions in check whenever he feels like he's the only thing that can drag Houston to the next round. I have a hard time believing he can keep his emotions in in check for a Game 7. So in a Game 7 scenario, I'd have a hard time picking against Chris Paul in the Thunder. So finish the Thunder off tonight if you're Houston. Because if you don't, then the Thunder, I think, have all the momentum in the world heading into Game 7. I think they have all the momentum in the world heading into Wednesday night if they don't get finished off today. Sounds simple, but that's just my opinion. The keys of the game for this one, come out with a lot of fight. You, you cannot come out flat. You cannot get punched in the mouth early because then, unlike a typical game, the comeback does not feel like it's going to happen. It doesn't feel like you have a lot of time. It feels like you're running out of time. You see all of that happening. You can you can almost you can almost see your bags being packed and leaving the bubble and re, and rejoining your family and your community. If you come out and get punched in the mouth, I don't see how you rebound from that in the same game. So you've got to come out with with a lot of intensity. You've got to come out on fire. That's the first key. Second key is that Shea has to be aggressive. If this squad does not get aggressive, Shea. If they don't have Shea show up, again, you remember that first quarter. In, in, I believe, game four, where Shea goes seven points, 100% from the field, and is lighting up in that first quarter. If they don't get that kind of Shea, that aggressive Shea right at the gate, then you can pack your bags. Gallo needs to provide something uh, also, but but Shea is, is a big focal point in the keys to the game. And number three, as I talked about, is Chris Paul being aggressive and being more selfish. Look, you tried the facilitating thing. That's your game. That's what's going to get you in the Hall of Fame. That's what gets you in the conversation for the best point guard of all time. You've done your job, Chris Paul, but your teammates have failed you at times in this series. So you need to take over this game. You need to be more selfish. You need to be the score and the go-to guy, and I think he can do it. I really do. So, again... Let me know your opinion on this series. You can call in 405-362-7128. You can tweet at me at Rylan underscore styles. Let me know how you're feeling about game six, six, because for some reason I am very optimistic about game six. I am very optimistic. And if they can win game six, oh my goodness, game seven will be the emotional roller coaster to cap off the season that we could ever dream of. I cannot wait. Uh, And Our friends over at the Action Network have this game at Houston minus five and a half. I think that's a good line because, again, to me, there's two outcomes. There's the Thunder win or the Thunder come out flat and they want to go home and they want to leave the bubble after an emotional time in Disney World. That's, to me, the two outcomes for any team that's down 3-2, or down 3-1, or or on the verge of elimination at any time. That's not a game seven. That, to me, is is what's going to happen heading into an elimination game in the bubble. You're thinking about leaving anyway. You're thinking about packing your bags. If you get punched in the mouth early, you kind of don't have any fight left in you. To me, this game goes with a Thunder victory or a Thunder blowout loss. I don't think that they lose a close game. So, five and a half seems right, because if you're on the side of Houston winning, again, I would think that they're going to blow them out. If you're on the side of Oklahoma City winning, having that five-and-a-half-point cushion is really nice. I am wildly optimistic. I have not been this optimistic since game one, and we saw how it turned out. But give me the Thunder plus five-and-a-half. The Thunder money ball of the game, maybe the last one of the season. I'm going to predict that Chris Paul leads the Thunder in three-pointers. Let me know your bet of the game. Let me know your keys to the game. Let me know what to watch for in your Thunder money ball. On Twitter at Rylan underscore styles that R Y L E N underscore S T I L E S. After the game, call in 405-362-7128. Have your messages played on the show. Those of you who have already called in, your messages were about the off-season, and I will play those on the show once we get to the off-season. So I appreciate you calling in anyway. But I do want to save it whenever we have more time to expand on the off-season and where the thunder go from here. But I do appreciate you calling into the show. So that's all I have for you today. Again, follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Stiles. We'll be back tomorrow to recap game six and hopefully discuss the Thunder pushing it to a game seven, or we'll talk about what this future has in store for Oklahoma City. It's been fun. This is the only podcast that happens every single day about the Oklahoma City Thunder. The support has been incredible. One of the only two Thunder podcasts that's ranked in Apple Podcasts right now, us and Down to Donk of the Athletics. So I appreciate all of that. We're both in the top 60. We're feeling good. I appreciate the support so far on this show. And be good and be good to one another. We'll see you next time on Locked on Thunder.